Hello and welcome to the Beastie Bothy, a monthly Folklore Scotland podcast about the mythological and actual creatures of Scotland. I'm Rosie. And I'm Rasheen. And today we're going to be talking about what some have claimed to be Scotland's most beautiful beastie. And it's not some kind of lady fairy. Which you should never, ever look at, by the way. But first, it's Guess the Beastie. Slowly fades out. Alright, so this month on Guess the Beastie, we're mixing it up and I'm going to tell you its name in Scots and we'll see if you can identify the Beastie by its English name. Ah, I don't know Scots, so... Well, I know Scunner. <laughs> I don't think that helps. It's not a Scunner. Oh. <laughs> um, so it's called a Tuggin. Damn! <laughs> yeah. Great name. Okay, tell T- me more. T-U-G-G-I-N. Uh, it's claimed to have been strangled by the hero Finn McCool as his first heroic act. Here we've got two fantastic names and I still do not have a clue. (laughs) Uh, Irish folklore tells us that the tip of the Tuggins' tail hides a claw capable of doing a lot of damage to anyone that the Tuggin takes a dislike to. Okay, so a claw at the tip of its tail. Yes. Like, I'm thinking... Scorpion, right? <laughs> but I know for a fact there are scorpions in Scotland. Um, let's see. Something with some kind of stinger, maybe. I know platypus does, but again, <laughs> not helpful. Um, okay, I'm going to go for something with maybe like a needle-like tail. Okay. So I'm going to say like a shrew or a vole. Okay, well, you're not far off. But the Tuggin is actually the very same creature we're covering this week. It's the Pine Martin. Oh, fantastic. Very fun. I love a Pine Martin. I tricked you. You did. (laughs) You did. I got got. I thought it was a scorpion. (laughs) You're going to surprise me with, oh, there's scorpions. No, uh, Pine Martins just just simply don't have claws in their tails. No. (laughs) They just don't. (laughs) Where did this even come from? No idea. So the Pine Martin is the first real beastie we're covering here at the Beastie Bothy. It's a member of the weasel family and about the size of a cat. They have semi-retractable claws, so sort of like a cat, but just semi-retractable, making them skilled climbers. Uh, They're covered in dark brown fur, save for a cream-coloured patch at their throat, and they can live up to 10 years And do they smell nice or like a ferret? I think they smell like a ferret. Oh, dear. I didn't look it up, to be honest. I imagine all kind of noodles smell the same. Probably. Um, So they're shy and solitary creatures, and they make their homes in native woodlands, but they are able to live in conifer plantations or on rocky hillsides. They make their breeding nests among rocks or in tree hollows and in bird's nest and squirrel drays. They eat rodents, eggs and insects, but also fruit, so they're omnivorous. And they like to hunt grey squirrels, um, which is great for us because grey squirrels are invasive. And grey squirrels, unlike their red counterparts, have not evolved to avoid the pine marten. So they get killed. (laughs) <laughs> and eaten. Good. S- squirrel bouncers. <laughs> uh, Fergus Mackenzie described the Pine Martin as 
a nasty, treacherous thief brute that would scar the een out of your head. <laughs> with its tail. <laughs> with Yes, with its tail with that, its has, that, tail. that has the claw on the end, obviously. <laughs> Unfortunately, pine marten numbers dropped dramatically in the 19th century. And this is mostly due to being deliberately targeted by gamekeepers on sporting estates, who referred to them as the scourge of the highlands. In his book, Charles St. John wrote that the marten cat, or the pine marten, is accused by the shepherds of destroying a great many sheep. His manner of attack is said to be by seizing the unfortunate sheep by the nose, which he eats away, till the animal is either destroyed on the spot or dies a lingering death. Now, if you ask me, I think the gamekeepers are full of shite, because I don't see a situation where a pine marten's just going to take a little nibble out of a sheep's nose until it mm-hmm. dies. I, I did read that... Um... Like, I read an account where this person said that the gameskeeper accused the Martins of stealing the pheasant eggs. So it might have been more that there weren't pheasants for people to shoot for a sport. But I that, think that's more believable. Exactly, but that sounds a lot less... Um, that's, like a, that's a worse reason to kill a bunch of animals yeah. than... I need to kill this animal so I can kill other animals because it's killing them before I can kill them. Let me kill it. <laughs> like, I want to kill it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they said it was sheep because that's, like, easier to defend. <laughs> yes. And it's still the move to go to. We can't have this wild animal because the sheep are in danger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but good news for us, although St. John might disagree, uh, the pine martin is on the rise. Today, they can be found mostly in the Scottish Highlands, but all over Scotland, really, with the exception of most of the islands, the Strathclyde area, and the east coast by Lothian and the borders. They are also found in Cumbria, Wales, and all over Europe, just not England, or well, most <laughs> of England. They are a protected species, meaning it is now an offence to kill, injure, abduct, or disturb them. It is also illegal to trade them or disturb their nests, so... If uh, Finn McCool was here today, he'd be arrested. And rightly so. Rightly so. Yeah, I mean, not just for the Pine Martin, to be honest, for for other things, but... (laughs) Great name, (laughs) bad reputation. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) So here at the Bothy, we like to focus on Scottish beasties, but sometimes those beasties venture beyond our borders. So today we're introducing a new segment called Beyond the Bothy, where we'll share some facts about our beast from other countries. So, Rosie, do you have a country to start us off with? We're starting in Romania, uh, where it is believed, or was believed, I won't, I won't speak for the Romanians, <laughs> um, but Pine Martins plat horses' manes during the night, uh, meaning that the manes are all twisted and tangled the next morning. Uh, In Scotland, this kind of behaviour, and I think in Ireland too, is generally attributed to fairies. Um, And the Pan Martin being very elusive, it's not really surprising that they've gained this fairy-like reputation. That's really sweet to to plat the mane. I mean, less nice that that's how it ends up. But But they they do have... Got little hands. Yeah. (laughs) They're more like paws, but they're little hands. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, it strikes me as the kind of trickster animal. Yeah. in folklore um, and there's always some kind of animal that's known for its cunning and its purpose in the story is to trick mm. the characters you know think of like the cunning fox 
Puss in Boots, the cunning cat, mm-hmm. um, the cunning rabbit, um, all stories of Peter Rabbit and Anansi from uh, African folklore. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if the Pine Martin is associated in some way. Or any, you know, small animals, rodent-like animals can be quite tricksterish. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I wonder, um, like, I wasn't able to find the specific story where Finn McCool kills a Pine Martin, but I found a couple of references and thought, well, I suppose it's folklore if you're, if, if, a lot of, if enough people are saying that that's what happened, then it becomes folklore, right? Um... Yeah, it's clearly if we've got if we're, if it's supposed to be being painted as a heroic act to kill the Pine Martin, mm. uh, it's clearly not being depicted as like anything particularly sacred. <laughs> yes, definitely negative force in Romania, but in Croatia, they've got a bit more of a positive reputation. So Martin furs were used as currency there for many many years, and the Martirina is a tax named after that. And in fact, the kuna, the former name for the Croatian currency, was also their word for pine marten. So a lot of their system culture depended on the pine marten and the trading of marten furs, which another weird fact about that, a pine marten fur is known as a sweet fur and a polecat or ferret fur is known as a fow fur because they smell so bad. Hmm. But that that suggests that pine martens smell better than i think in reality they smell just as bad but the fur is of a finer quality Mm. you know so it's like mink is a really nice fur to use on coats apparently Mm -hmm. and a a martin fur would be the same Mm. yeah so on croatian euros there are still images of pine martens oh yeah it's very cute i think i wish other countries would go hard for an animal like that yeah i mean there's definitely places where it could be nice yeah i (laughs) think exactly i think we should i think we should go bigger about the unicorn i think we should be so big about the unicorn yeah and i think it's sad that on the like coat of arms and stuff the unicorn is chained i think we should be more upset about that like that you can't do that that's animal that's animal cruelty you know like so we've got (laughs) rspca coming for the pine martins and finn mccool and then they'll go after the change unicorn. Yeah. The, so the, two jobs, please. Yeah, the drawing of, of the change unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't be cruel to animals in drawings. <laughs> Not allowed. <laughs> You're not allowed to depict anything bad ever. <laughs> <laughs> so where else are Pine Martins scattering about? So back to Ireland, um, we've got mention of them being kept as pets in mythology. Queen Maeve is described as having one uh, that sort of rides on her shoulders and Coo Cullen kills it with a sling. For goodness sake. Yeah, we just need to keep folkloric heroes just away from Pine Martins. What is it? with like? It's not even like a big dangerous animal, it's just a wee pet. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems to be, if you take that in, com- in combination with the Finn McCool one, that's a consistent thing of just like, just kill him. <laughs> no, not having that. Time to just really hurt Queen Maeve's feelings and kill her cat. Mm-hmm. Although that is something we should note that it's difficult sometimes to find folklore about Pine Martins. 
because they're referred to as so many things, especially in Scotland. So in Scotland, we I found three different names for uh, Pine Martin. There was Mertrick, uh, Merton Cat, and Tuggin. So I'm imagining it's the same in Ireland, and you get a lot of uh, the Irish name for like polecat weasel thing mm-hmm. is a very general name. So you never quite know what's being referred to in any story. Could have been a Pine yeah. Martin. Could have been a house cat. Yeah, could have been a ferret. I mean, Martins aren't domesticated and ferrets are. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so who really knows? But then I think Queen Maeve is like a fairy queen, so she can have what she wants. <laughs> I think it'd probably be better. I think if any artists are listening out there, um, Pine Martin is just nicer. Yeah. And more more woodsy, more magical. Yeah. They're more elite, you know? More elite. (laughs) Uh, In Canada, Martin furs were traded in the 19th century. So quite like Croatia, they've got to eye out for the furs. Though these ones would presumably be from American Martins, not European. And these pelts were used mostly for making mittens. They're still traded locally today. Mittens. So again, nice soft fur you want to be using in all your kind of warm clothing. Mm. Though... I mean, we, we don't need that fur now. It does It does always feel a bit like, you know, when you see the ermine um, coats that, like, royalty wear in cartoons and stuff, mm. like the typical uh, king coat with um, the white and the black dots. Yeah. It, yeah, the black dots are essentially each black dot, to my understanding, represents one animal because the... The ermine goes white during winter, and the only part that remains black is the very tip of its tail. Oh, no. So, hence the dots, because it's the tip of the ermine tail. Oh, my God. That's awful. Yeah. Right. I'm texting King Charles right now. Get that Take it off Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awful. But, I mean, different for indigenous clothing and traditional methods of creating clothing. Yeah, you got to live, not, you know. <laughs> you got to live. For luxury like that it's just ridiculous yeah so the company nokia which we are all familiar with maybe i don't know how young is our listener base (laughs) (laughs) Uh, nokia the phone company Uh, they're a finnish company and they take their name from a type of martin known as the nokia (laughs) i'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it in finnish but nokia (laughs) Um, and that's because it's the name is related to the name of the river around which this type of Martin is found. That's quite sweet. I think that's quite cute of them. In Greece, uh, in the Iliad, a spy named Dolon wears a Martin pelt hat. He is described as quick on his feet, and perhaps this is an association with the Martins, as they're also quick and elusive. So finally, in Italy, we have the Latin word for helmet, which is galea. Uh, originally, it meant Martin pelt. It's unclear whether these would have been worn symbolically or because of just the the quality of the fur. So, in summary, we've got Martins from all over the place, but the focuses tend to be nice, soft fur. Yep. Anything else? <laughs> they're just they're just wee animals. They're just little guys. <laughs> just running around being little guys. Yeah, it's definitely like the fur trade. Um, and like the value of those furs and just little, little trickster, little, 
Little animal guy. Little animal guy. Or gal or pal. Little animal pal. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So in this segment, we are now entitling The Bonus Buffy. We're going to give you some related content on Pine Martins, which sometimes happens when the beastie that you're researching has very few myths available to be researched about, but you'd already decided. And we owe you 30 minutes of content, and you're getting 30 (laughs) minutes of content. So the bonus content for today is the Scots Pine, which is indigenous to Scotland and shares a name with Pine Martin. (laughs) They're both Pine. Pine. Maybe Pine Martins live there sometimes. Uh, They do. And they're well associated with the pine, even though only about 30% of them make their nests in pine trees. Well, we need to represent that 30%. I think so. It's our duty. Do you have any interesting facts about the Scots pine, Rosie? No. Great. (laughs) I do. So, Druids in Scotland used to light large bonfires at the winter solstice, and the wood they would use is the Scots pine. This was to celebrate the passing of the seasons and to draw back the sun. So glades of Scott pines were also decorated with lights and shiny objects, almost covered in stars as a representation of divine light. And it's easy to see how this ritual from yonks and yonks ago would have given rise to the latter Yule log and later the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. So we've got Christmas pine. <laughs> <laughs> Though I assume we're talking about the same Scots pine, which is the one that um, they're extremely tall and they don't really have any branches or needles all the way up the trunk and they've just got a sort of crown of mm. branches at the very top. Well, yeah, but we've got, we've got like proper conical pines now, but they were the OG. Yeah. It's like, you know, bananas didn't always used to taste or look like that, but yeah, we messed them. We messed with them. We messed with them. <laughs> we messed with them. The Karen Gorms are actually going through a project right now to reintroduce a lot of Scott pi- uh, Scots pines because the evergreen trees that you would think of as a pine tree are actually an invasive species. So we want to take all of those away and replace them with our indigenous Scots pine. Mm. Make a nicer habitat for our little pine martens. Yeah, the Karen Gorms is a good place to go if you want to see some pine martens. Um, and it's home to 25% of the UK's... Uh, endangered species. Love that. Yeah. Go Karen Gorms. Yeah. Uh, my second little bonus content for you about pine trees is that Highland- Highlanders used split pine roots as tapers to light their homes. And pine candles were also part of wedding rituals in fishing communities as they were believed to bring prosperity and luck to the newlyweds. On Orkney, people would circle a pine candle three times around a mother and her newborn child to purify them. Hmm. So, again, we've got some kind of holy thing going on with this wood. Yeah. But don't light one on fire. No. (laughs) Only in certain circumstances, say if you're a druid and it's the winter solstice. Yeah. Then it's okay. Yeah. These are how you, this is how you cope. This is how you cope (laughs) with the the dark, dark nights. Mm -hmm. Uh final little treat for you i've got the story of robert kirk and dune hill so robert used to walk up dune hill every day for exercise and on the 14th of may 1692 
He went off for his daily stroll, but unfortunately collapsed and died upon the hill. No! His body was later discovered, uh, and his successor then recounted what happened next. Apparently, That's suspicious. Uh, <laughs> what happened next? Never a good sign. <laughs> Interesting. What do, you mean? what do you mean, what happened next? He died. <laughs> Person who found his body. Interesting. <laughs> Apparently, Kirk appeared to one of his family after his funeral and told him to go to his cousin, Graham of Ducre, to tell him that he was not dead. He had actually fallen in a swoon on the hill and been carried away to fairyland. Mm. As always happens. He would only be released uh, at the baptism of his posthumous child. He predicted that he would appear in the room at the baptism and that Ducray should throw a knife over his ghost to release him from captivity. At the appointed time, Robert Kirk appeared as predicted, but his cousin didn't throw the knife because he saw a ghost. He was like... What the heck? <laughs> oh, goodness. He was not expecting the ghost. Oh, Jinx Crivens. Oh, Jinx Crivens. And Kirk left through the other door. To this day, he's said to be in the fairy realm, although others have suggested he's now a mediator between the two worlds. Mm. How does he mediate, Rosie? His spirit is trapped forever in a Scots pine mm. on top of Dune Hill. Well, well. Well, well. Terrible shape. Are they sure it's not just a pine martin screaming? <laughs> it might be a pine martin. You know, they, they do that during mating season, apparently. They just scream? Scream, yes. <laughs> so, it's time for the weirdest fact. Yay! Ooh. Favorite segment! Yay! Where we talk about the weirdest fact that we found during our research. Um, my one is still about a mustelid, but it's pine martin adjacent. It's about a weasel funeral. So. <laughs> oh my god. So, in the Manuk Pass recently, a driver observed a dead weasel killed by a passing car being lifted and carried off the road by a number of other weasels. This story was confirmed by a villager who had heard of a similar tale in the 1930s, where the night watchman at the Warlock Head Smelt Mills had watched several weasels remove a dead female and bury her in a weasel grave nearby. <laughs> Not just a grave, a weasel grave. A weasel grave. grave. <laughs> On investigation, the watchman and the local gamekeeper found the body of the weasel buried alongside a number of other weasel skeletons. Oh my god. I know, very creepy. <laughs> And you'll never believe it, Rosie. Mm. Guess what my weird fact is? What is it? It's about a weasel funeral! It's another weasel funeral! Weasel funeral! This one is from Ireland, where a woman driving a car saw a procession of weasels uh, walking across the road, looking like a massive snake. In front were four carrying the body, and behind them came nearly 100 other weasels, two by two. When the mourners had crossed the road, climbed a fence and entered a field, the driver of the car followed them, but left when some of them turned and began to spit at him. And this story is quite well authenticated, coming from the Irish Times, February 13th, 1952. <laughs> Wonderful. So the weasels be having funerals. <laughs> the teddy bears going on picnics. <laughs> What's happening? They're just, these, all these animals have little animal themed events that yeah. they have to get to. Yeah. This does seem to be another example of this type of creature being quite kind of fairyized. Yes. <laughs> like associated with kind of magical happenings and fairies in the same way that 
um, cats are. So cats get associated with witches. There's cat funerals. There's like a story about the king of the cats and his wake and funeral and that kind of thing. Um, um, but the same is n it's not the same for dogs. The unsettling thing about a fairy dog is that it doesn't have an owner. Mm. That's the weird thing there. But then with fairy weasels and cats and whatever, yeah. their thing seems to be that they have a life of their own that we don't understand. Mm -hmm. Not only that, that they can mimic human customs. Yes. <laughs> and They're little people. Yeah. They've got mourners in a procession and they'll just like bury their dead the same as we do. Yeah. And the fact as well that these both these stories were fairly recent, both feature cars. It's very so... interesting that it's cropped up multiple times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not some grand delusion. Definitely just uh, weasels, weasels at funerals. Shh. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. It's a Don't secret. tell anyone. Just for you. <laughs> so, final segment. Um, bearing in mind that I don't, I don't want to encourage any bad behavior towards uh, wild animals. So mm. I'm going to rephrase this to if you could and it was fine and ethical to do so, <laughs> would you pet it? Well, would you pet a Pine Martin? Pine Martins on the scientific sale are not cuddly. This was mm. on a scientific website it said cuddliness, not. So, right. Okay. Um, given that, I would absolutely pet a Pine Martin uh, while wearing, no, wouldn't wear gloves, would sacrifice the fingers for the Pine Martin. Absolutely. Mm. Wow. Okay. I want to just give him a little, a little squeeze. <laughs> Cute aggression. That's quite high compared to our other, our other creatures. Yeah. yeah. I'd say that's at least a nine point seven. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'd be, I would be a little bit concerned about petting the pine martin, but I would, I would do it. Well, there you have it. There you have it. Decided. Nine point seven, on the scale of would you pet it? Our well-known, scientifically documented scale. Everyone knows this. Everybody does. Thank you so much for listening to the Beastie Bothy and listening to our first non-magical beastie. But I think you'll agree that despite its lack of magical powers, the Pine Martin is still a pretty cool cat. A Merton cat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, if you've liked what we've done today, don't forget to leave us a little review on wherever you're getting your podcasts from. And you can follow us on social media at Folklore Scotland. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Folklore Scotland podcast. We'll be back every week with more folkloric content from stories to analysis. The podcast is brought to you by Folklore Scotland, the charity that aims to make Scottish folklore accessible using digital platforms, telling the tales of the past with the technology of today. If you'd like to become a voluntary contributor or would like to get in touch, pop us an email at info at folklorescotland.com and you can find all of our social media as well as a list of sources in the show notes below. The charity also now has a Ko-fi page which you can find in the show notes if you would like to help us continue the work that we do. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.